0: good morning everybody great to see you today i hope you enjoyed yourself yesterday uh, wow we had over a thousand people show up for our trunk or treat festivities and it was absolutely a blast we had a great time i want to give a shout out to Shayna and her team that poor yeah yeah did an incredible job incredible job um We never thought we could possibly run out of candy, but that's exactly what happened. And we will challenge that next year and we'll have even more. I also want to give a shout out to you guys who did a trunk. I mean, you really did. You brought it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You know, you may be wondering to yourself, what's this as kind of a non-denominational type of church, interdenominational, whatever we are. Um, we, we kind of wonder, well, what is this All Saints Day? What is this Halloween thing about anyway? And really, it all started out kind of benign, a little bit... Uh in the Catholic Church in the fourth century, and also in the Lutheran churches as well as the Anglican churches as they began to develop, this idea of celebrating the and giving honor to the martyrs of the church throughout the centuries was the whole idea of All Saints Day. Or uh, it's in the United States and Canada that in the church as it moved into North America that it got switched a little bit more to the 31st of October and became Halloween. But again, it was a holy day, hallowed, for the uh, contribution that martyrs had made throughout the centuries to the Christian church. Really cool idea, really neat it doesn 't mean you pray to them it doesn 't mean they help you buy a car it doesn 't mean you take a statue and plant it in your front yard if you want to sell your house doesn 't mean any of that uh, there, there is no biblical support for any of that, but it 's the idea of just honoring their lives now what it 's gotten turned into Freddy Krueger and all the rest of the stuff that goes on in your neighborhoods that 's on you I mean so that's just that 's all uh, that 's not something that came. From the church but a lot of us don't know that some of these things did have Christian origins to them and those Christian origins uh, were kind of a a good idea so over the next couple days especially on Tuesday when you're out there trick-or-treating enjoy yourself be careful with your kids have a good time be nice to people who are coming to your house it's an opportunity to not get your house egged be nice to them so just give them candy. You're not, you're not uh, collaborating with Satan in any kind of way. When you give the love of Jesus to another human being, you stop the kingdom of hell right there. So be nice to the people as they come to your doors. But we had a great time. Um, and we're kicking off a new series today called Together. And we're going to be talking about the power of doing life together because it's, it's really important on how we live as believers together. Um, When you begin to look at the system of the world around us and how God designed it, from maybe a a scientific standpoint, um, I tend to look at the world scientifically. That's the lens that I tend to use it. When you look at the biological systems and how they interact with each other, these biomes that have been created, and how dependent they are on each other to work, and then when you look at the solar system, you see how plants go around, I mean, not plants, but planets go around, and, and the sun, and, and how important it is, and how precious it is to be rightly positioned as we are in our orbit around our sun, and, and how all that balance of togetherness is so important. Then you look at the periodic table of, in, the, in the chemical system. You, you see this chart of all these different uh, elements and how they interact with each other. It's, it's so interesting that everything around us is in a system of together, operating together. And when they operate together properly, it seems that the whole world is better. And so it's no different than people. We are better together. And I believe that we are in a crisis in our country where we have lost a sense of together. And it it could be because of some of our differences politically, it could be some of our uh, racial tensions, it could be part of what's happened because of COVID and and all the different events that have happened in the world. But we have lost the sense of together. We've lost that ability to thrive together as a people. You know, when I, I look at some of the best movies that I love and the ones that I enjoy the most, Um, there always seems to be this theme of together in it. Um, And I think you're familiar with some of them. And I kind of made a list of some of the more famous ones where in these movies, they had one theme. I mean, all kinds of different platforms, all kinds of different contexts, but they have together as, as a common theme. Remember the Titans, an incredible racial story, but also with football. Apollo 13, NASA and the, and the astronauts working together to try to get this broken ship back to Earth. Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Rings. Ocean's Eleven, I mean, man, what an incredible ensemble. Um, Hoosiers, there's the Avengers, we're all familiar with that. Mighty Ducks, The Great Escape. How many of you are familiar with The Great Escape? That should put you at a certain age. There you are. <laughs> there you are, thank you. Um, the AARP crowd. And uh, there is the uh, School of Rock, one of the greatest, greatest examples of togetherness. Now, let me just say, you need to go back and see School of Rock again with a serious heart and see the really underlying, uh, underlying meaning of that movie. The Dirty Dozen, how many of you remember that? Yeah, Lee Marvin. I mean that's that's awesome stuff right there. Ghostbusters. That was a oh, amazing team. The Harry Potter movies. There you go, millennials. There that's your there's your Harry Potter. The Incredibles and then there's Mocky Mock. Mark, Mocky Mock Mark in The Italian Job. Man, everybody pulling together to to steal. It's amazing you need to go back and learn the theme of that story. Oh, how about Cool Runnensmann? I mean, yeah. I mean, that is a really cool movie. Um, And then the coup de grace of them all, the greatest of them all, Kung Fu Panda. That is the one where you learn some of the deepest ideas about doing life together. See, these movies have all that in common. We were made for together. We were redeemed for together. And we live better together. That's the way that we were created by God. And it just works better when we live together. Jesus loved together living. You know, you can uh, find out uh, when I listened to Ireland, or I, I had an opportunity to visit the grandkids, and at the end of the day, Dawn and Chris get the kids together, and so some of them are teenagers, some are a little younger, and uh, we all get together, and there's a prayer time that happens, and they go through the family, and it starts with, uh, the old, I think, the oldest son, and then it just kind of works its way around. They all pray a prayer. But it, what's always interesting is what they pray about. Um, and so by the time it gets to Paulie, who's youngest in, in that family, um, Paulie's about 11 years old. It, it kind of goes a little a lot of different directions simultaneously. Not because he's uh, not as good at praying, but he just has no limits to his praying. So, you know, and, and then like when I'm praying with Ireland, uh, when you pray with Ireland, all of a sudden she starts praying about something and polar bears. And she, it's like, polar bears? Where are the polar bears? Why are you praying about polar bears for? Or snowmen, you know, all these different things. And and one of the things that I've learned being a pastor is that um When you listen to a person's prayers, you find out what they deeply value. Um, What you pray about most is really a reflection not only about what you talk to God about, but what your heart talks to itself about the most, what you value the most. And so um, Jesus over and over reveals the object of his prayer. He had kind of a favorite thing that he prayed about over and over again, and it was us. We have no prayer about Jesus praying for for our houses, or for our cars, or for our jobs. We have no prayer of Jesus um, even technically praying for our health, you know, and it's like, not that those things aren't important to Jesus for us, because he knows they're important to us, but... When we have recorded prayers, particularly in the Gospel of John, of Jesus talking to His Father, I'm, and I'm talking about like just pouring out His the deep passions of His heart, um, we hear that He prays together prayers. Let me read it to you. He's praying in John 17. He says, "Holy Father, keep them," referring to us, the disciples, the church that would be. He says, "Keep them." in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those who also believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me the glory which you have given me i have given to them that they may be one just as we are one i and them you and me and that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you have loved me i mean listen to that to that prayer I mean, this is what we have recorded of what Jesus did when he was on his knees before his father. When, when his heart was being poured out, when we got to see what was the most important issues of, of his heart and his soul, it was to pray that you and I would be one. That they may be one. That they may be one. That they may be one. All in the same chapter. Every time he prays in this chapter, it is a prayer that says that they may be one, that they may be one, that they may be one, over and over again. So we have all kinds of ideas what Christianity should be, right? I mean, we all think it's like, well, I I think Christianity is about this. I think Jesus is all about that. I'm not, you know, what it's supposed to look like. We all have ideas about that. We all have ideas what a good church is like. You know, what's, what's Crosstown supposed to be? You know, it's, you know, well, I think it should have a good youth program. I think it should have a bouncy castle. I think it should have, um, I don't know, uh, free bottles of water. I think it should have uh, a good sound system. I think it should have, I mean, we can just go on and on and on and on about what a good church is. And and maybe you've gone from a church and gone to another church, and you've used the phrase like, I really didn't like that church. And and what I would want to challenge is, what defines a good church? I mean, really, and what is it that you were looking for? Because Jesus tells us what is at the heart of a good church, that they may be one, that they may be one, that they may be one. That's, I mean, so when you, so bump the music. Bump it if it's too loud. So what? Bump it if I use a word that's probably inappropriate on a Sunday morning. It's gonna happen, okay? Bump it if, you know, uh, the bathrooms are too small. Bump it, I don't know where I got the word bump it from, but it's the word I'm using today. (laughs) What is that, a 1980s cuss word or something like that? But, But seriously. When you go into a church, when you're looking for something, when you are evaluating a church experience, what is Christianity supposed to be all about? Jesus is very clear. Three times he said it. That they may be one. That they may be one. That they may be one. It's like a Lionel Richie song. Three times a lady. I mean, this is it. That they may be one. That they may be one. That they may be one. But it's not just being together, is it? It's not just any kind of together. Because every time he prays this prayer, that they may be one, that they may be one, that they may be one, he also adds a small but important qualifier, even as we are one. That is a big difference. See, together has an ethos, it has character. Together is a church of love, truth, and mutual edification. You say, well, how do you know that? Because that's what God is within himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Full of character, full of this culture of love, Father towards Son, towards Holy Spirit. Mutual edification. See, I I know it's theologically hard to figure out the Trinity. And we could talk about it. I love talking about stuff like that. Get a cup of coffee and we just sit back and talk about the Trinity, how three can be in one. But it it is no surprise that together would be the most important thing on Jesus' mind because he is part of together in one. I mean, it's the very nature of God himself, together in one. The reason why we have a hard time understanding together in one is because we have a hard time understanding together, we do. Because we're so busy trying to figure out the one. And when I say the one, I'm not talking about the one, I'm talking about the single, this individual. And we view the world from a lens of the single, the one person. Instead of, and so when we talk about how can the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit be three, but one at the same time, because you and I struggle every single day to hold together together. Look at your marriage. You gotta work to hold that baby together. Look at your job situation. You gotta work. Look at our country. Look at the world. We gotta work to hold that together. And then on top of it, we're all about this this world idea now about finding out your own truth, your own singular truth. And we're gonna be a country of, I don't know what, 600 million single truths trying to get along with each other, impossible. We may be together, but we are the wrong kind of together. So Jesus says, Father, that they may be one as we are one. God's love is unconditional. God's love is relentless. God's love is sacrificial. God's love is giving. God's love is personable. I mean, it's, it's all those things. That's, those are the qualities or the ethos of together. That's doing together right. It is a personhood of enabling. And that's what Jesus was praying. That's when he got on his knees and he said that they may be one as we are one. That they may be one as we are one. That they may be one as we are one. That these qualities would be a part of who we are. That we would be together personhood enabling other people. See, we can be one the wrong way. Um, We can be together and be envying and jealousy and having jealousy and bitterness. We can do it. Um, I believe, I'm I'm a conservationist. I don't know if that's a dirty word, but uh, I'm a conservationist. I like the earth to be clean. I, I hate it when I'm driving down South Carolina highways and there's trash everywhere. Um, I hate being out. I love kayaking, and I was out kayaking uh, this weekend, and I was out there and just, you know, picking bottles of water and stuff out of out of the uh, estuaries. I was doing a little bit of red fishing and stuff, and it just it really just kind of stinks. And I think we all agree with that. I mean, I, I don't mind just shooting a bear or, you know, killing a, a deer or anything like that. You know, eat the thing if you would, please. But... This idea of just wasting beautiful stuff, you know what I mean, and and trashing it. And as bad as that is, I believe that there is nothing uglier, nothing, absolutely nothing, more appalling than a church that is full of jealousy, envy, bitterness, and gossip. I think it is the ugliest thing you can ever find on the planet. You know why? It's because it's supposed to be the most beautiful thing you find on the planet. You know, it's, 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 it's kind of like when you go to Niagara Falls and you have never seen Niagara Falls and you've seen Niagara Falls and photographs and Discovery Channel and you get there and you're like, hey, it's a lot smaller than I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was gonna be really big. But it's like it's really small, and it's—I mean—it's still beautiful, but it's a little disappointing. And, and sorry, I'm going to get emails from uh, New York. You know, the Buffalo crowd's going to get me now. Um, but this uh, this idea of when you think about what the church is supposed to be, and then you find out that it's full of envy or jealousy and bitterness and gossip—it is that is so nasty. It's together, but the but just. Not right. I've dealt with pastors who are trying to fix those situations. I'm like, dude, just end it. Just end it. I'll tell you, there's one other entity on the planet that looks really bad when it's trashed. And I would say it's probably equal with the church. Marriage. When a marriage is trashed, it's like, yeah. Isn't it interesting? It's not that way about your job. It's not that way about your sports team. It's not that way about... Why is because we go into marriage with such high expectations of unity, oneness, beauty, mutual edification, all those words of sacrificial love and all of a sudden you find trash, 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 trash. And um, so we can be together the wrong way. And maybe God's challenging that in your life. We can be one or together for the wrong reasons. Together to tear down someone else. Nothing unifies one people group than to find a third people group that everybody dislikes. We can be together only to profit, that we get along. You know, it's, it's crazy how the effort that some of us will make, this is not my particular weakness, I have got weaknesses and I've shared them. This just doesn't happen. You caught me on a good day. But we will give outside people at work the best smiles. And they'll be like, oh, she's so awesome on the job. She's amazing. She's so cooperative. She's so awesome. You know, all this. And then when she gets home, she's a terror. It's like, well, what makes her get along together so well on the job? And maybe that $95,000 a year. I don't know, I'm just guessing. It could be that together works on the job and not at home because you're getting paid to do it. See, so sometimes we can do together the wrong way, and sometimes we can do together for the wrong reasons. There's Nothing wrong with doing a great job. There's no reason not to smile at people and do a wonderful job. But just think about the way that you're doing together and, and the reasons that you're doing together. This happens in the Bible. They were together, but not as Jesus said, remember, as we are one. That's our standard. Now, that's not the standard for the Republican Party. It's not the standard for the Democrat Party. It's not the standard for America. Um, So I'm not looking for that standard everywhere else. Okay, I I don't, Amazon and Google can run their businesses any way they wanna run their business. But for the church, the, the place that Jesus was praying for, that they may be one as we are one. Praying for his children, his believers, his, his, his bride. He, he's like, okay, it's different for you guys. It doesn't run like it does in corporate America. It doesn't run like it does in America. It's, it's different. And so this is a story about how they were one. They were together, but for the wrong reason. Now the whole earth used the same language and the same words, and it came about that they, referring to humanity, journeyed east, and that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they used brick for stone, and they used tar for mortar. They said, Come, let us build together for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven. And let us make a name for ourselves, otherwise, we will be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, they're together. They have gotten it together. And they all have the same language. And this is what they began to do. And now nothing which they propose to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language so that they will not understand one another's speech. It's like, I'm beginning to think God's a jerk. I mean, it's like, listen to this. They're all getting along. They're all working for a single purpose. They're getting it done, you know? I mean, they're getting the job done. Leave them alone. And he's like, no. He said, they can get anything done, matter of fact. What a high praise of humanity. Oh yeah, you leave these guys and gals together and they put their minds together, they're gonna get it done. But God says, no, let's go down and confuse their language. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the whole earth, and they stopped building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the whole earth. Wow. What an organization. I mean, what organization? I mean, it's just like, if that's the goal, if God's plan for your life is about how well organized your life is, then 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 I don't know what God's doing in this story, because they were organized. I mean, Google's got nothing on these folks. I mean, they 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 discovered it, they invented it, and they built it, and and it was working so much so that not Yahoo noticed, God noticed. I mean, that's, that's organization. What teamwork? I mean, that's what God's after, right? That we, we have great teams, and, and there's nothing wrong with great teams, but teamwork, that's, that's, that's the bottom line of everything, is that everything done as a team. Then why does God mess this up? Oh, I know what it's about, it's about innovation about innovation, creating new technologies. And that's what they did. I mean, we don't see it that way because we think of technologies and flat screens and something that we hold in our hands. But figuring out that you can fire uh, uh, elements and make brick and put them together, that's a pretty big development, okay? I mean, that was was huge. And if innovation is what you're after, then God should have left this thing alone. Oh, let me, how about renown? You know, being an influencer for five minutes on YouTube. It's all about being on Instagram and being an influencer and having your own podcast. And, and it's all about being renowned and, and you being known. Well, if that was the case of humanity being known and making a name for itself, God should have left it alone. And so I want you to just think about those. Organization, teamwork, innovation, renown. And we think that, yeah, that's it. That's the basis of everything but God calls it the wrong kind of together. I'm I'm just amazed. As a pastor who who loves the power of organization, teamwork, innovation, and to be known, I would have been okay with just leaving it like that. I wanna be a church that everybody knows about. I wanna how we use technology. How well we're organized, how our check-in works at the children's church area, and all of a sudden, oh, you're on the golf cart, and as you're coming in, all of a sudden, a little thing comes up on the app, and you check your child in for you. You know, and people, I'm sorry, I don't know what that was at all. <laughs> Too much candy from yesterday, uh, but but I'm serious. But th- what will we say? That's a good church. I will say it's an innovative church, and, and I don't mind innovation. And we'll probably do that. But is that, the t- is that together? Is that the together that God is looking for out of us? We live in a culture of them versus us. You versus me. The, I have found that the more I commit myself to me, the more we lose we. The more inward I go, the more self-focused I go, the more my own truth I go, the more, you know, I focus on me. And and I may get there. That may actually make me feel good. But it's at a cost. And it's at a cost of we. And what we know from Jesus is, I pray that they may be one as we are one. I pray that they may be one as we are one. I pray that they may be one as we are one. I love innovation. I love teamwork. Bring on the organization. But if we don't love one another, and if we are not together as he is together, then it's just babble. It's just chatter. It's just busyness. You know, it's, it's, it, it, and, and it's not what Jesus is after we are called to be a culture, an ethos of as we are one. That that is our theme, that we are to be one as we are one, referring to the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. We are a city, and Jesus uses this phrase, a city set on a hill. But I'll tell you what that hill's made out of. That hill is made out of divine values and character. That's what elevates that city. It's not earth that elevates that city. There have been some amazing, amazing cities on this planet, amazing cities. They've gathered the earth together and made them and built them up and glorious, amazing. You could travel throughout Europe and Asia and and see all the incredible cities that have been built. But Jesus said, we are a city set on a hill because we are on the hill of divine values and divine character. We are called to be one as he is one, to love as he loves, to sacrifice as he sacrifices, to build up, to edify as he builds up and he edifies. We are not just a church building. We are not just a business. We are not just a congregation. We are invited to be one as the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are one in love. So, I know that was a lot. But you may think that you don't fit in this together. Because let's face it, we disagree about a lot of things, right? I mean, we all got different kind of lifestyles that we're in the middle of right now. Um, and it's like, what do we do? We all get out a voting record? That's what we'll do. Yeah, print out a voting record. And then we'll all kind of add up who votes more pro-life and, 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 and uh, uh, regular marriage or whatever, and we'll just do, we'll just make a list of stuff. And then we'll say, if you get enough of these with us, we'll put you th- that, and then you can be a part of us. Because I'll come up with enough things that if you come up with, and, and that's how you become a part of this city, and that's what makes us. And so you may be sitting here today like, yeah, church ain't for me. Um, I don't know, I'm too different than these folks. Or, you know, I just don't fit in this city. You may think you're too different, too broken, too irreligious. Um, I'm not a church person, or I wasn't a person to believe in God, or I'm not a part of the in crowd, or just this. You may say, I don't know how to do this. I, I You know, you keep talking about church and... Um, Loving God, and you guys sing songs to God, and you're, some of you got your hands stuck up in the air, and you're looking around like, I don't know what these people do. They just sang a song about the blood of Jesus and anointing Jesus' feet with oil. I don't know what the heck that was about. I mean, admit it. Some of you saw that song. I, I looked at that song with your, with your ears, and I'm like, yeah, I, I wonder what they, they're trying to figure out what that meant. Yeah, and, and you may be here today, and you're like, I don't get it. I don't get why in a moment you're going to have us eat a piece of bread and drink a, a, a cup of juice. Don't get it. And so because I don't get it, I don't think I fit. Well, let me just tell you, don't let that stop you. Because we all didn't get it. We all didn't understand. Matter of fact, let me just read you this closing uh, piece of Scripture that comes to us from the Apostle Paul. And he's talking to a bunch of believers, but he wants to remind them that remember there was a time when you didn't get this. Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenant of promises, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, not by your voting record, not by cleaning up your behavior, not by becoming religious, you have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace. Who made both groups into one, who broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, the law in the command of commandments contained in ordinance, so that in Himself, he might make the two into one new man. Those who are in promise, those who are outside of promise, those who get it, those who don't get it. The blood of Christ invites all of us to get it, to experience it, to be a part of it. And through Jesus, thus establishing peace, it might reconcile them both into one body to God through the cross by it having put to death the enmity. And he came and he preached peace to those who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. And he closes with this. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. That's what God's inviting you to. To be a part of together. And maybe right now you are afar off. And maybe right now you are a stranger to God. And maybe there is a part of you in, that's at war with other people and in war with God. Maybe you're even at war inside of yourself. And you're waiting to get it all worked out. Get the cuss words out, get the get the weed out, same-sex attraction out. Whatever it may be, or you know, vote differently on on life. Whatever it may be, and you think, well, I got to get all that right. No. Where does it all start? Where does the together start? So the broken body of Jesus Christ, He was broken apart so that you can, you and I, could be put together. He wanted together so much that He allowed Himself to be hung on a cross, and for the first time in eternity. Cry out, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? So this is what it feels like to not get it. Jesus knows what it's like. But he paid the price so that we could be together, that we could be one. Today, God is inviting you to do life together with him and with us. Oneness is together living with the power of love, truth, and mutual edification. Oneness is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one. And Today, God is inviting you to do life together with Him and with us. So yeah, but Paul, I, you know, I I know you've heard all kinds of things I've heard pastors say well you can't be a Christian if you're a Democrat or you can't be a Christian if you voted for Trump or you can't be a Christian if you still drink alcohol or and you can't be a Christian if you struggle with porn or you can't be a Christian it's like I hear all this that wall of you can't has been broken down through the body and blood of Jesus Christ so that we can draw near through grace so that we can do life together with love for one another and love for him. So over the next couple weeks, we're inviting you to do life together. Stop looking for a church with better music. Stop looking for a church with a faster golf cart or easier check-in for your children. Look for a church where they are seeking to be one as He is one. I don't think we're there yet, as far as actually having achieved it all, but it is our goal. And through the Holy Spirit and a lot of I'm sorry's, we're getting there. We are building this church not on the earth. Not on a 501c3. We're building it on the character and the divine principles of God himself. And he invites you to be a part of a city setting setting on a hill. Father, thank you so much for your love. Thank you, Lord God, for breaking down the wall. Because some of us were hitting our heads on that wall and we couldn't get past us we couldn't get past others. We thought we could only be a part of this if we got the habits right. If we got the liturgy right. God, and we couldn't, but Jesus did. And through his brokenness, we experience wholeness. Through your togetherness, Heavenly Father, you invite us to be one With you and with one another so as we eat the body and blood represented through the elements of bread and the juice we are reminded that through your brokenness oneness emerges with you and with one another to this God we want to be a part